Hey everybody, welcome back to StadiaCast. I'm Bill. That's not Lloyd, that's a black square. I gotta click on the pop-out button and then Lloyd shall appear. <laughs> there, there he is. Uh, technical difficulties because I don't know what I'm doing apparently. Uh, how's it going everybody? Lloyd, what's going on? <laughs> I was I was in a very dark place for a while, Bill, but I'm but I'm back now, so it's all good. Absolutely. Um, so, uh, boy, that that kind of threw everything off. We'll just get started on the show. Uh, this is Stadia Cast on Sundays, 10 a.m. U.S. Eastern, right here at uh, YouTube.com/slash/NerdNest. Uh, we record our show, uh, so make sure you come by, click on all the bells, click on all the buttons for YouTube. It absolutely helps. Make sure you click that like button. Let's go ahead and get started with what have we been playing. I'm actually going to start us off this time because I've screwed things up and I want to talk a little bit about, excuse me, about Baldur's Gate 3, which just got an update. Um, The update is, well, first off, they added a new class, which is awesome. Uh, did, Did you ever pick up Baldur's Gate 3, Lloyd? Always muted. Yeah, yeah. We we played it at launch, um, and I haven't tried any of the new content drops because uh, having my save game removed uh, to to try this new stuff is always kind of a slap. So I'm gonna mm-hmm. wait till 1.0 comes out and it's fully released and everything is good, and then I'm gonna play through the whole game that way. Okay. Well, Lloyd, you're gonna be waiting a long time we'll talk about that in a sec too um, hear, yeah. well actually we'll talk about it now larian games basically has said hey Baldur's gate 3 will not be finished this year uh you look forward to it coming out next year for the 1.0 for when it's complete and then lloyd will actually be able to play Baldur's gate <laughs> 3 again i keep dipping in and i play i don't know like five hours or so whenever new content comes out just to see how things are progressing, but because you know exactly what Lloyd said, where it's it's a little painful to have your save file deleted. Um, I, I do understand that, and that's why I don't invest too much time into it. But I, I jumped in again to play the Barbarian a little bit, and I have to say, uh, very fun. I like the rage mechanic. I like the improvised uh, weapons that you can you can like for example, like grab a chair and use it as a melee weapon, which is very cool. Um, So like that kind of stuff is cool. And then they also updated the UI and the UI, I played it, I've forced myself to only use a controller this time around. And I feel like it's almost there. It's still not as good as the, as the, the UI when I was playing what uh, divinity original sin or divinity original sin 2 like their controller design is infinitely better and i still do not understand like it's the same company i still don't understand why larian doesn't just say hey let's just do exactly what we did before because it's better um it is better to play with mouse and keyboard, but I want to sit back on the couch and relax and play and right. it's definitely better now than it was before the ui is improving but it's still not as good as it was um in the previous games but um boy uh, an entire another entire year before the game comes out that's that's kind of painful and i was really like hoping that we would be like because because i'm with lloyd i don't want to invest too much time if they're going to delete my save I really want to play this game some more. 
Yeah, it's it's one of those things where I I hope a, an update comes out soon where they say your save games are safe. We're not we're not going to touch your save games. We may add other characters, but your save game is completely safe. Because then I'll I'll jump in. I don't care if there's other content coming. Um, I want to play the game now. Like it's mm-hmm. it's been in our libraries for what a year and a half something. something. It's, a, it's a been year, a while. A, it's been a while, and to to have to wait another year to play the game makes me wonder if early access is really. Um, at home on Stadia, you'd think uh, like PC is used to early access. Uh, Steam people have been doing early access for a while, and and there's early access on consoles, of course. And and we do treat co- Stadia as kind of a console more than a PC. Um, I, I don't I don't know if early access is a good fit for a service when you're paying full price for a game that you you really don't get to fully play for two years. Um, of course, buyer beware. Let's give people options to make their own decisions. I get all that stuff, but two years or a year and a half or whatever the, the final date is till when this is finished being patched seems like a really long time for a console but again everybody's different and they, they might not see that they might love the fact that they're seeing the game develop before their eyes they're able to give feedback they're able to kind of uh, change the course of where the game is going by submitting feedback so i i really i really dig that at, at that i dig that part of the early access but it's the whole not not able to play your game and finish it for for multiple years is just kind of rough. Yeah, and then on top of that, okay, so the thing is is on PC, you have the option to not update your game. You can say, "Well, I'm not going to update my game right now. I'm going to keep playing the character that I've right. been playing." Yeah. And then for them to say, "Well, on Stadia, you don't make that decision. Your game gets updated no matter what." So that's why that that's Personally, that's why it's a little more painful for me on Stadia because there are no updates, so you don't get to make that decision to stick yeah. with your old playthrough until you get to a point where you're like, all right, I'm ready to start the new stuff and then download the next patch. Of course, yeah. for me, that wouldn't really be an issue because I just tell Steam to auto-update everything that I have anyway so that I don't have to think about it, which is like that's that's how I do it. So I wouldn't I would still run into this issue. But I know that there's people out there who would say, I'm going to hold off. I'm going to keep playing my Ranger. And then when I finish the Ranger, I'll come back and play the Necromancer or something. And like right. that that kind of thing, I think, would improve it. But that's not an option on Stadia. And I don't think it's not anything that could be done about that. It's not like they can keep around old instances of the game on Stadia servers just in case Lloyd yeah. or Bill happen to want to play on their thief that they started with. <laughs> yeah, it, it, uh, Granite T Rock in the chat is saying, "Would the proposed Stadia experimental channels let people pick when to update?" And possibly Granite, but I I don't think so. What those channels are is if you've ever participated in like a test flight beta on iOS, you download the test flight app, you enroll in a beta for the new Xbox app or the new blah, blah, blah. And you'll get push notifications every once in a while that a new test version is available. You hit the push notification, you install that version of the app, you test the app, and the developers get more details of what you did while you're using it. And and that's kind of how the um, channels are going to work is a developer can sign Bill and I up for a beta of Game X. And then we get access to GameX for a period of time to do testing. There may be frequent updates or maybe, maybe whatever, depending on what the developer wants to do. But that's a little bit of a different thing than keeping multiple versions up. Uh, because like Bill said on Steam, you just don't let it auto-update. And you don't ever have to worry about the game 
um, blowing away your save game without you saying, okay, I'm ready for my save game to die. Let's update the game and then restart it. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, Jem in chat says early access is fine, but charging full price is the issue. Um, I, I, boy, I I think I do agree with that on one hand because you're beta testing their game for them, essentially. And they're getting a lot of value out of you as a beta tester. And it also, like, if they would say, hey, the game is $40 right now while, you know, while it's uh, in early access. But when it comes out, it's going to be 60 Of course, I will say this. We don't know that it is full price right now, Jim. Maybe it's going to cost $70 or $80 <laughs> when the sure. game actually releases. There's no way exactly. for us to know that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it, and th- that's one of the things. Like, I've I've bought a lot of early access games on Steam, but they're always cheaper than the full retail. So, you kind of you get a little bit of a discount. You help with the development, and you may lose your save game, or the game may not be playable for a stretch of time. And that's kind of the contract that you sign. Um, but most developers get a, get around that by charging you a little bit less while the game is in development. So, yeah, it's 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 different. I'm 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 not here complaining about Baldur's Gate or the the way that they chose it's just sad that i want to play this game so much but i really don't want to lose my save because if i can't finish the game as we've talked about for weeks here i'm going back to a bunch of old games and finishing them off if i can't do that with a game like Baldur's gate i'm less likely to pick it up even if i only get a few hours in because that's just wasted effort for me yeah and and of course there are advantages to early access and they like larian studios did this huge blog post forever ago explaining all the reasons why uh, early access really helped them out with Divinity Original Sin 2, which is a fantastic game. I bought that game after it came out, and I'm really glad that they did all of that early access stuff. Uh, So I'm imagining that in 2023, when Baldur's Gate 3 finally comes out and people buy it and they play it, they're going to be like, this game's fantastic. And I expect a very nice note from each and every one of you for playing it when it was in early access. Lloyd, right? not in early access, but you've been playing some other games. Uh, what games yeah. have you been playing this week, man? Going, going back weeks? through, yeah, going back through my list of games that I want to complete or ones that I just want to jump in. Um, I did pick up and try Fast and Furious Rise of Shifter again. Uh, we talked about that last episode, so two weeks ago, and it was pretty much unplayable. Um, I went back in just to show, um, mainly just to show my son how bad it was, um, the lag, and there was no lag. And I'm like, okay, I'm lying to my kids. Uh, hmm. There, There's no pauses. There's no pausing. There's no um, fast forwarding thing that was happening when I when I did my initial playthrough. So I don't know if it was a if it was a steady issue at at launch, um, I did start the game multiple times and had that same problem. So I, I'm not sure if that's the case or if outright outright games went out and put up a, a patch for the game. Whatever happened, not sure. Uh, the game was fully playable. So played through that with uh, with my kids uh, from start to finish. And it was fun. I mean, it's not a good racing game, which is sad. Um, it it I, I expected a lot more. I wanted more Mario Kart. Um, the only part of Mario Kart in this game is if you get hit when you're in first with one of the attacks, there's a good chance on the last lap you will finish last if you get hit <laughs> at any point on that lap. Even if you're playing on easy, it doesn't matter the difficulty because the the AI is just not good. So, um, But anyway, Fast and Furious Rise of Shifter, hopefully they can get some more patching uh, out there. A funny thing, uh, there there are trophies for online play. You don't actually have to play online. You just need to start an online lobby and then stop looking immediately and it fills with bots and then you can do all your online trophies by racing against the computer so 
yeah, yeah. <laughs> Lloyd's it's, giving uh, them them achievements. <laughs> it's uh, it's it's one of those games. So yeah, um, Jeff Carrier says Chris from Google confirmed when they fixed it. So it was a Google problem. Um, it, it was a game problem, not a a service problem. So that's uh, that's interesting. So anyway, uh, Fast and Furious Rise of Shifter is out. Hopefully, uh, a kart racer uh, that is better um, in some instances uh, or some ways uh, comes out in the future because we're still waiting for a really good cart uh, racer. Um, I did play Nanotail. That was one of our free pro games in February. And that is the spiritual successor to Typing Chronicles. Uh, Epistory Epi- 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 is mm-hmm. what the other one was, which I really enjoyed. Um, this one is different. When you play Nanotail with mouse and keyboard, instead of doing the weird IJEF thing to control your character, uh, they just move the WASD characters over once to the right. So it's ESDF instead of WASD. So you can control the game just by moving your uh, your ring or your middle finger up and down to do um, to to shift from the D to the E, which is perfect. Played through the entire game, loved it. It is a completely different type of game than the first one. This is more of an action RPG. Uh, if you play with controller, in fact, uh, you're moving the reticule, uh, the targeting reticule with the right stick, and then you're just hitting the right trigger to fire your spells at enemies. So you can play through it without the keyboard 100%, and it plays like a minorly janky uh, action RPG game with like kind of dual stick shooting mechanics. Um, really fun game. The story is fantastic. I, I love the story in Epistory. I think I like the story in Nanotail even better. Um, it's such a fantastic game and, and definitely worth checking out, even if you don't want to play it on a keyboard and type things out. Um, it's enough of a game using the analog or the um, sorry the the controller with your analog stick to kind of move the mouse cursor and things on the screen. Awesome. And then you've also been <clears throat> excuse me playing uh, Saints Row Four. Yeah, dipped into that one again. Uh, I I always have a game going that has a collectathon. Usually it's an Assassin's Creed game where I just want to mark things off a map when I have 15, 20 minutes I need to clear my head. Uh, I've been using Saints Row 4 for that. Um, Such a good game. I've beat it on, I think, PlayStation 3, PlayStation 4. (laughs) I've beat it on multiple consoles, maybe Switch even. Um, I really love the game. I love the superpowers in the like Saints Row 3 and 4 that that you get. Um, Saints Row 4 is a lot of fun and uh, yeah that's kind of my uh, let's let's tick things off a list and slowly make our way through a game that I've beaten multiple times just to uh, just to use for for time passing when I need to uh, to, to waste 15 minutes here and there. All right well uh, that's awesome and uh, let's move on to other games where you might want to tick things off a list and that would be Cyberpunk uh, got a big update this yeah. this week or was it last week i don't know it this recently week. tuesday i think okay tuesday was all right match. so they got a big update on tuesday and we got the same we we got the the stadia pat with version was patched uh same day with the other platforms which is fantastic you know right before we started recording lloyd and i were talking about how it's frustrating when you get a game that is uh, on Stadia gets patched on different days than on the other platforms or sometimes different months when you're looking at games <laughs> like Outrider. Um, Baldur's Gate 3 uh, has gone through those issues where the Stadia Stadia patches are usually like, I don't know, like a week behind or something. But as you can't yeah. play cross-play with that uh, on Baldur's Gate 3, it doesn't really matter anyway. But uh, Cyberpunk was updated and... Uh, Lloyd, you played a lot more cyberpunk than I did. And I know neither of us jumped back in for any length of time 
since the patch, but you played it a little bit, right? Yeah, yeah, I, I played uh, played a little bit just to see because people were talking about how amazing the graphics look on Stadia and it's definitely running on next-gen hardware. And I dipped in, uh, checked it out, and I don't think it's running on next-gen hardware. And I'm sure we would have heard from Stadia, even though they said we're not going to announce anything anymore, if they've rolled out next-gen hardware, yeah. I, I would assume that they they would let us know that. Um, so I played it and and things look better. It it It's performing a lot more stably. So um, since this game uses a dynamic resolution, the game might look better for you just because it's running natively at a higher resolution and then being upscaled uh, would be what my thoughts are for why it looks better. Uh, Lighting does look better. Um, I definitely, obviously, I'm not the developer, so I can't say with uh, certainty that it is not using ray tracing, hardware based ray tracing, because it does not appear to be hardware based ray tracing. But they've changed some of the way that the uh, reflections um, and and things work. So it, it does look prettier, even though it's not running on the same sort of hardware as like your Xbox Series or your PlayStation 5, where they can utilize hardware-based um, tricks to get things looking nicer. It's a fantastic patch. Um, it, it, it fixes a lot of issues for a lot of people. One of my buddies uh, was playing it on Xbox, I think. I think he was playing it on Xbox, and he ran into... A bunch of bugs where he basically couldn't complete any missions because things were not there or driving there would screw up like there was just a a weird bug that he was having and he reported after this patch that he was able to get in and and play more of the game uh i never ran into those game breaking bugs which is good so um i i didn't really have anything to look into other than the fact that um they've changed a lot in the game you get all your your skill points back they've changed the way skills work they've changed gunplay a little bit they've changed your uh your weapons by adding different weapons and different ways to attack so this is a a really good patch it's it's weird that it took so long to come out um, but that game was in a really terrible state at launch so i it's understandable that they had to put in a lot of work uh burn a lot of midnight oil to get this game working properly on last gen consoles but also the the new current gen uh playstation 5 and xbox series with the added bells and whistles you know, I've seen I've seen a lot of people tweeting about Cyberpunk this week and a lot of people were saying things like if it was released this year, it would have been like a game of the year contender and I'm not going to argue with them because I have not played that much of it. Um but what I will say is that this feels like it's it, it's possible that this could be another No Man's Sky. I mean, if you look at the way that No Man's Sky launched, it was mm. like they they hyped it to crazy levels. It launched. Everybody was disappointed. And now it's kind of turned into a darling. Like everybody is always saying how great things about No Man's Sky, which I still haven't played. I know you're a huge fan of No Man's Sky, right, Lloyd? Am I remembering yeah, right? I, yeah, I love that game. Yeah. I, and I think that Cyberpunk uh, 2077 might end up as one of those things in the future, if the development team keeps doing what they're doing and it just goes to show you that, that, that quote, uh, from Miyamoto is that, you know, well, I actually might be wrong. You know, he says a delayed game can be good, but a rushed game is forever bad. Well, in this case, most of the time he's right, but in this case, it looks like maybe they're patching it to make it better. Um, in response to, you know, how, how, you know how the game runs compared to other platforms. I'm going to say the same thing that I've said a thousand times on this show. If yeah. I'm sitting there and I'm playing it on an Xbox Series X or a beefy PC 
with like a 3080 whatever graphics card or, or whatever. And then on this one, I'm playing on Stadia and I look at this one running on either a $2,500 PC or a $500 console and it looks better than the free Stadia version. Um, <laughs> I'm not that surprised. Like that's not a huge, that's not a big deal for me. Um, and the the reality though is, is that I'm never going to do that. Like, who is going to do that other than people like Digital Foundry, where their job is to make <laughs> intense pixel peeping comparisons like that? That's what they do. But most people just boot up a game and play it. And unless you're looking at them side by side, those differences aren't... Uh, yes, they're obvious when you look at it side by side. But when you're just playing the game, all of that stuff fades away and it's hmm. just the game. And the the fact that people can't understand that is just crazy to me. And yeah. the fact that people can't understand that you didn't have to buy a thing in order to play the Stadia version other than the game, that again does like that blows me away that people don't understand that. Yeah, I had an inter interaction online about um I don't know if it was about Cyberpunk. It was about a game where um I mean, it was Outriders. I, I can't remember which game it was, but I, I remember the interaction because it just made me shake my head so hard. And they're like, yeah, the Stadia Geek version looks like trash. And I'm like, well, what do you mean? And then they sent me a screenshot, which was side by side, the Xbox Series version and then the Stadia version. And I'm like, OK. And he's like, look how much better all the plants that are around the world look. Sure, they look better. Are you looking at plants when you play the game or are <laughs> yeah. you are you in firefights? Do you care what's in your periphery? Well, I want my game to look the best. And I was like, well, if you really want your plants to look really good, have I got a game for you? It's called Farming Simulator and it's available on Stadia. <laughs> and then I didn't get another reply from it. So, um, yeah, people are really crazy about that. Like this game looks so much better on this other platform based on this screenshot. OK, well, then play on that platform. You don't have to convince me that it looks better because it's a different platform but if you're playing a game and you're spending all the time looking at the ground because you want to see what your ground clutter textures look like or or if the plants deform when you walk through them well then you're not playing the same video game that we're playing <laughs> that's true although i will say like back in the day playing metroid prime uh on the on the gamecube it started on the gamecube right uh, Metroid Prime, yes. Yeah, playing that on the GameCube and the first time when you went into a, an area and you saw, like, her visor fog up and you could see her reflection in her visor, like, that was a really cool moment and it was amazing to me, but then I forgot about it. Like, I, uh, well, clearly I didn't forget about it because I'm still talking about it, but, like, that, <laughs> those graphical things, they they do pop and you do remember those, but the moment-to-moment -moment gameplay, in my opinion, is what's more important. But com complaining that this fern in the distance looks less clean on the Stadia than it does on my Xbox, it's like, well, that's it's it's stuff that's in the periphery. It's not the main part of the game. I that's the first thing that gets dialed down. I get it. Uh, Odo in the chat room saying, "Come on, in that case, we'd all be on PS2s or 360s." People care about graphics. They care about graphics, but do you really care that your fern has three extra pixels of resolution because it's using a higher texture model? No, because that stuff isn't isn't the main part of the game. But when the character models look weird, sure, that's something to to uh, to complain about. I don't really care about the periphery stuff in my video games. And again, it's all things that you wouldn't notice is better unless you had the other game running beside you anyway. But if you had the other game running beside you anyway and it looks better, well, just play on that platform. Then you yeah. clearly have both of them 
just play that one. So yeah, it just, it drives me crazy that uh, people pick out kind of like weird texture issues or this fern model isn't as good in this uh, first person shooter in on this platform. Who cares? Who cares? It, it doesn't, it doesn't matter um, at the end of the day is at least that's my thought. If I'm having fun with the game, that's great. That said, if the if the game drips or drops below 30 frames a second, that's an issue because frame rate is uh, super important to me, which we can talk about. Uh, oh, no, we passed it. Never mind. I was going to uh, just an anecdote I was going to throw in, but we'll just wait on that. Well, now I want to know. Well, we I was looking at the <laughs> cyberpunk stuff and one of the Stadia patches is they increased the FOV slider to be the same on all platforms. Um, okay. I, I had a concussion a number of years ago. And post concussion, I I never had motion sickness in video games ever. Post concussion, VR is very problematic for me. I get motion sickness really easy. But I've found recently games that have a really bad uh, FOV slider, or either the FOV is too small. So uh, when you're running through the game, I get motion sickness. So having the ability to increase my FOV to have more of the game engine, like a wider view of the mm-hmm. of the game screen helps out for some reason my motion sickness so adding that to uh to, to cyberpunk was a was a nice thing for me even though it wasn't making me motion sick before with how things have been changing with my my body who knows if that's going to be something in the future so having those functionalities is uh is a, is a really good thing yeah i you know it it reminds me of um what's the game you and i were talking about before uh, rainbow six uh siege when that came to Stadia, it was locked at 60 frames per second. Everything looked really great, but there there was no ability for the player to change the FOV slider. And it's like there's always these trade-offs that you get with Stadia when you are uh, when, when the game when the devs are bringing their game to a new platform. There's a bunch of trade-offs that will have to happen, and I think that's because the porting process is really difficult. I saw a very interesting tweet um, earlier this week where they had, somebody had made this long document about if you're porting your game to a new platform, these are the kind of things that you should keep in mind. And like one of those things was like, expect eight to nine months is how much time it's going to take you to make this port happen. And uh, there's a lot of people out there that think, you just take your 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 game on your hard drive and you drop it in the 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 new folder and you hit go and then everything just does it for you and that's not the way it works there's always trade-offs and um with stadia previously um games were requiring three full certifications for each game and uh, that meant uh, if you are doing certifications, that's they, I think they said it was like five days of time that was spent on the certification process. And that's for oh. one game. Um, and then they also had these things. This is coming from a video, <clears throat> a video from um, just excuse me. <clears throat> this is a uh, video from. Um, oh, my God, I can't I'm blanking. Uh, John Scars, uh, and he was he was he was doing a live stream of some stream that I didn't know that Google was doing, uh, where they were talking about uh, like bringing games to their platform, and they said that it was three full certs for every game, 
uh, 10 waivers. So people would like say, hey, can you please certify the game anyway? Here's a waiver that we're asking, and this is the reason why. And 10 post-certification waivers. Uh, and when they did that, like that, that was a huge ask for developers. It was really slowing down the, the process of bringing games from other platforms to Stadia. And then a few months ago, they made a big update. And the, the big update was basically the Stadia porting toolkit and um, the ways that they were changing uh, the certification process in order to streamline things by using AI to figure things out. And uh, they went from three full certifications, which that's like 15 days of work. <laughs> that's a wow. lot. Um, down to 1.67 is the average. Um, 10 waivers down to 3.8 waivers. 10 post certification waivers down to less than two waivers uh, for for each game that they're porting. And I thought that that was really, really interesting because at the beginning, games coming to Stadia was very, very slow. And then uh, last year, it sped up quite a bit. We got, a, I think it was over 100 games last year. We're slated to have over 100 games this year. And I think that the things that Google are doing and, you know, I've been shouting from the rooftops that I want Google to do more. But a lot of the things that they're doing is is they're doing things to make it easier for devs. And they could tell us all day about that, but I'm not going to care because I don't know what the hell they're talking about. But, <laughs> but they're making it easier for devs to bring their games. And I think that that's a really important thing. Yeah, 100%. That's always a complaint you hear online from developers. Like if they're releasing something on on Apple, it's like, my damn app's been stuck in, um, in in waiting for approval for two weeks. What's happening? And then they get back a a, a small little note back from Apple saying we can't we, we can't approve this version of your app because of this. Um, but that that delta from when they submitted it to when they get the response back means that it's going to take double that to get the updated version out to their end users. So um, shutting down or shutting down, slowing down the certification process or sorry, speeding up the certifications process from 10 days to to a couple is is huge, especially when games have to be certified in multiple regions. They have to um, have multiple passes on certification. So for Stadia to get that down means that both developers are uh, becoming way more familiar with the tools and the API and and the kind of the, the the subset of of stuff that they have to add to their game to make it Stadia compatible um, to to use all the new APIs that the Stadia platform would have. Um, that means that developers are learning, but also Stadia is getting better at feedback and having their tools do um, the the needed testing um, before the the game binary has even been submitted, which is uh, which is huge. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so. Uh, William R said that they need to do what NVIDIA is doing with GeForce Now, which is no work for devs. The issue is, is that GeForce Now is running games that are on Windows and Stadia is Linux based. So that's not necessarily going to work. And Ninja Guy in chat says the Falconeer uh, said that uh, they made the port in just a few days. It's very fast now. And while that's true, you also have to keep in mind that the Falconeer has a native Linux version already. So like that could have also made things a lot easier for them. A lot of developers are making games on Xbox, PlayStation, and Windows, and then they're porting to Stadia, which is Linux. And there's, you know, extra steps that you have to consider that you didn't have to consider when making it for other platforms. Yeah, and you got to 
understand the falconeer as well it's a one one game or one dev game game studio so he does all the stuff himself so he recently ported uh, a native linux version uh, of the app just to get ready for the steam deck so it was a windows binary up until just a little oh, while okay. ago i misunderstood so has, yeah so he has the ability to do that because it's he, he did the graphics the sound the the game the whatever uh he did all that all that himself so porting that stuff over is good um the whole Linux thing is is kind of a misnomer when you think of if you if your game's already running on PlayStation, it's running on a Linux kernel. So maybe a lot of the learning that you did to get your game running properly there, you can take some of that knowledge and move it over to another platform. So Stadia getting their porting tools up to snuff. And for me, as a developer, getting more feedback from a debugger or when you try to compile saying there's issues here, here's what the issue is or uh, pre pre compiled checks to make sure that you have everything linked properly. Increasing all of that helps uh, development time um, like a lot. And I don't do game development, but just doing normal uh, uh, code that you want to run on a platform, having better feedback from your debugger or your compiler can help um, smooth a lot of this stuff out. So if their porting toolkit is giving more news. Uh, more news, more info out when mm -hmm. they try to do something um, that can speed things up. If there's, hey, we noticed that you might have uh, an issue with this timer. This timer is set to look at the frames per second. Uh, it runs at 600 frames on our server. It runs at 60 on a PC. This might cause issues. You might want to look at ways to uh, to, to change that because we've known um, back in the early days of Stadia, some games were running poorly because uh, if Falconeer was one of was one of those games because it's running at 600 frames a second on Stadia. It's outputting at 60 frames a second. If you have a timer set to the frames per second, well, it's going to run 10 times as fast or potentially break depending on what type of um, what, what type of data storage you're using for that timer. If you're using an int, it's going to obviously run over pretty quick before you can update a frame. Stuff like that. Um, yeah, it's it's getting better tools is going to make better uh, porting process is going to be make better developing process. And this is a huge, huge, huge thing for Nintendo place or for, um, <clears throat> for Stadia, for <clears throat> Google, because nin both Nintendo in previous platforms and the PlayStation three, for example, had really bad um, SDKs from the platform holder. They had to rely on a lot more middleware that did a lot of the heavy lifting, which slowed down game ports and game development. And then both Sony and Nintendo came out with better um, dev tools and all of those developer complaints went, went away. So let's hope that the same thing happens here on Stadia as well. Yeah, and 90% and of that video that I was talking about was talking about the tools that are available to devs. And they were like, this is all like really, really great stuff. And I was like, it looks cool. I don't know anything about it, but it definitely seemed like it was impressive. Uh, let's move on to stuff that is uh, something that we would actually interact with a little bit more. And that's Stadia Experiments. Um, Google mm -hmm. posted this uh, earlier this week. Uh, well, actually, this was back on the 9th, so a while ago, but we didn't do an episode last week. So um, they, they had this post about Stadia Experiments and why they're useful. And they said uh, some interesting stuff here. Uh, they said, when building a product like Stadia, there's a delicate balance between wanting to deliver a, feature, a new feature to our community as fast and early as possible and ensuring that everything we ship meets our high-quality standards. Furthermore, gathering and analyzing data is a critical part of our development process. The, the, <clears throat> excuse me. 
helping us to ID and address bugs across a large fragmented ecosystem of end user environments. This feature validation phase is often the most time consuming part of the product development process. After launching Stadia, uh, there, there were many new features on our product roadmap that we delivered in a short period of time. Validating performance of these features across all combinations of network environments, phone modules, audio video setups, controllers, and more would have been impossible for our team to do directly without in the de desired time frame. This is where Stadia Experiments was born. So basically, you can go into your app. Uh, you can scroll down. There's going to be a button that you can hit called Experiments, and you can say, turn that on. And we've seen this before. Um, uh, well, other people have seen it before. I haven't been able to see it before because I'm on iOS, and I, I don't think that I've seen this on um, on anything that's not Android. Maybe I'm wrong about this, but I lo went looking for this. I did not see the experiments button. Of course, Google always does this thing where they show it to some people and they do A-B testing and that kind of thing. Uh, but I didn't see the experiments button. But, you know, the experiments button to play on this device was a thing that we've seen people talk about before. And Google mm -hmm. then says, this allows them to get these features into people's hands fast um, and get feedback. This is a lot like early access um, with like we were talking about with Larian Studios. Yep. It makes me feel like they should have just called this called Stadia early access and they would have got, gotten off the hook for all the bad press that they got. But <laughs> what, what are your thoughts on the uh, the the Stadia experiments thing that they, they've yeah. been talking about here? Yeah, this is good. And and putting it in a blog post like this to say why it's important is nice because there are a billion and one different combinations of phone, TV, computer, screens, resolution, network environments, OSs. Um, so it's probably it's a, a billion combinations. It's a problem that no other platform other than cloud it's platforms that. would have. <clears throat> exactly. So early on when Stadia was new, they... Um, they added a Stadia experiment that allowed me to get Stadia playable on my Android tablet, my Amazon uh, Fire 10 tablet or whatever. I bought it just to play Stadia. Stadia wasn't running on it. Um, then I had to go in and enable the experiments. And next thing you know, I can I can play Stadia on it fully. Um, so it's been around for a while. And I really love that they that they do that. I'm, I'm I was trying to log into my phone app as well, and it's not on. Uh, it is on iOS rather, um, but the only experiment that I have is filter search um, in my in my version of the iOS. Yeah, I don't have it. Are you running the app or the web web app version? Yeah, oh, it has shoot. to be the it has to be the actual physical app. Oh version. God, I haven't launched that thing in forever. Like, I, I don't use the it. app for anything. <laughs> <laughs> I had to reinstall it myself because it had uninstalled on my phone because I don't use it very often unless I'm setting up a new user on a on a new Chromecast in my house. Uh, I don't really use it. I use the other one. Yeah, I just been like once I got it set up, I didn't have any reason to ever use it again because I make all the purchases from the web browser. <laughs> yeah, I knew there was an experiment, but I couldn't remember what it was because I had looked at that recently and I had to wait for my app to install before I could pull it up. So, yeah, it's it's really, really great that they're doing this. Um, it allows a, a Google to do smaller um, releases to select users. Um, if you're an Xbox user, you could go into kind of like the the different circles that they have to get um, early updates for different mm -hmm. things. So if you've done it for a while, they put you in the like really experimental stuff. But if it's your first time, it's kind of experimental. They kind of give you um, 
they give you kind of like stats and XP, the more stuff that you test out, and then you can get access to even earlier versions of the Xbox OS. Um, stuff like this on, on Google is great. But man, it, it just shows one of the major problems with Stadia compared to a console is your OS is running on the device that is displaying the video. So like, I, I don't know how much further they can take the Google OS because it's all running in like JavaScript on the client device as the stream is happening. And we've talked about it in the past, like having having the full UI being streamed at 4K from Google to your desktop would be so much better. And then it would be so much more uh, responsive. But Google does things the Google way. Uh, and they've always done things the Google way. And this this is definitely the Google way. Um, and yeah, I don't know. Showing Talking about experiments is important. It gets going to get more people involved with it, which will maybe uh, get through a lot of um, issues earlier than they normally would be if it was like a general rollout. Um, but it just, it, it underscores the fact that we don't have this issue on any other platform. Like you said, Bill, like we, we never have to worry uh, like the combination of controllers and devices for a PlayStation update because the OS runs natively on the hardware and it's the same regardless whether it's hooked up to a 1080p screen or an 8k screen so you don't really have to worry about that stuff as like a sony developer um where you do have to worry about that as a google developer yeah that's absolutely true and again i I mean the the slowness of how stadia ran on the um on the original chromecast ultras that came with it um Mm -hmm. God, that was terrible, and I 100% still stand by that that should not have been a thing. Like, they should have been running it in the server and then just streaming it to us, um, yeah. just like you said. Uh, all that has kind of gone away now that you have it on all the other things, like it's on Android TV or if it's on your yeah. Google TV with uh, with Chromecast built in and stuff like that. All that stuff kind of falls away. But we still, we still have that same issue where the UI is different depending on where you're looking and you don't know where to look like just now I was trying to find that experiments feature, but I was in the web app, not the real app. And it wasn't there. (laughs) Like put it in the same place. Otherwise, cause I just assumed that I didn't have it because Mm -hmm. I I don't have any need to launch that stuff. Um, but they can also use this, the experiments feature to, to, to get people to try things out that yeah. otherwise and and lower their expectations because you know a lot of people they you know they hear okay well stadia games are running at 4k 60 or whatever because they did the ridiculous ad at the very beginning and then they <laughs> they want to try it on on mobile data and it's it, it doesn't really work all that well because maybe they're in a crappy area but if you say hey that's that exper- that's an experiment uh to try it on mobile data well, now the end user is going to be like, oh, well, I mean, it's still experimental. I guess I give them the benefit of the doubt. Uh, and, and that kind of changes how people react to what they're experiencing. And it's just something something to keep in mind. Definitely. All right. Let's move on to Latin America. We've talked about this in the past. There's there's always been an issue. Like we, t- I think we talked about it last episode where like, there's like countries like Brazil, there's been rumors that Stadia was coming to Brazil for a really long time. And it was a really big deal because um, like in those countries, because of certain regulations and stuff, it's really hard to get modern gaming hardware. 
and if you could solve that problem by just streaming the games to them, then that's going to completely change things, which is uh, a, a really big deal. And, you know, Google has this um, on their website, uh, games.withgoogle.com, um, which every time they do a website like that, eventually it just goes to at google.com. I don't know why they do that. Just just make it google.com slash games. <laughs> like, I don't understand why you're doing that. But they said cloud gaming can solve software issues and support subscriptions. Cloud gaming is an opportunity to democratize hardware usage in Latin America, a Latin American region where regulation has made ownership difficult. From 2020 to 2021, the number of players paying to use cloud gaming services will grow sixfold uh, to 1.2 million. All right. So, like, first off, I've said this before, and uh, like we've said it before on the show, the number, I'm covering up your face. I'm sorry. <laughs> the number of people who are going to use cloud gaming is just going to keep going up over time. And I don't think that Google is ever going to shutter Stadia. Uh, I think that they're in this for the long haul for no other reason then that's a lot of people who they can get to pay them for stuff eventually. And the, the, like they're in it for the long haul. They're, they're, they're playing the long game. They're playing four dimensional chess. It's hard for us to see what they're doing. And I'm very disappointed in how they're doing things right now, but I'm betting that in the future, it's not like all of these, these issues that we've seen and, and complaints that we've had, are going to fall away because so many more people are going to be able to access video games that otherwise wouldn't be able to. And hundred percent. And I think that that's really important. I think that it's awesome. Yeah. And I saw some community posts um, recently, not on like the Stadia community blog or anything, but just in, in the general community and people are laughing um, at how slow the rollout has been. And it's like, well, we're, we're in a chip shortage world right now. We don't yeah. know we don't know how much of this expansion to Brazil and Latin America and Australia and all the other rumors that have come up based on trademark filings. We don't know how how that was planned uh, for the rollout, how the rollout was planned initially. Maybe this should have been done at the end of 2020 or the end of 2021 or now maybe the end of 2022. But this chip shortage has has affected everybody. And uh, these server blades that Google's putting in, um, they have chips, uh, they have CPUs and GPUs and RAM and all the stuff that is in short supply or extremely hard to get. Um, so maybe this expansion would have happened already if we weren't in the chip shortage combined with COVID combined with all the other uh, weird issues that no tech company has really ever run into before. And they're all happening at the same time. They absolutely launched at the worst possible time. For those of you that don't remember, it came out in November 2019, and, and six months later, the world, the world shut was shut down. <laughs> uh, so it, it's definitely the worst part. Like, listen, I got dishpan hands because I've been washing my dishes by hand for months while we wait for a dishwasher because our dishwasher broke. <laughs> the guy took forever to come and fix it. He ordered parts. We waited forever for the parts to get here. The parts finally get here. He goes to install them, and he's like... This isn't going to fix it after all. So we said, screw it. We're just going to buy a new dishwasher. We bought a new dishwasher over a month ago. 
And we're yep. still waiting for that. And why? Because of the chip shortage. My buddy just had leased a new car and he was driving down the road on his way to work. He hit a deer. His car got messed up bad. Finding a new car is impossible <laughs> for him. So he has to yep. get the one that he has fixed because it's really because cars have computer chips. Yeah. And for Google to like everybody's always like just put it in more countries. They have to build the servers and getting yeah. the chips is almost impossible. Uh, yeah. you, you look at the, the PlayStation 5 and the Xbox Series X. Yes, they sold like gangbusters, but they had a lot of those things before. Uh, mm-hmm. And um, Nintendo, uh, Mr. Furukawa, the, the CEO of Nintendo said, I'm afraid that we're going to run out of Nintendo Switches to sell. Um, you you have, um, valve trying to launch the steam deck and the steam deck got delayed by a few months for the first set of, um, systems that are going to ship out because the chip shortage is a real thing. And just putting it in more countries is not as easy as flipping a light switch. Yeah, exactly. Like that's, that's the thing that uh, a lot of people don't understand is, is how this chip shortage is affecting everything. As you said, dishwashers, uh, your friend can't buy a car. Well, yeah, because you get this, you get the shots of like Ford uh, factories and they have 5,000 cars parked outside that don't have the CPU that the car needs to run. So they're just sitting there waiting for chips to come in. Um, it's affecting every part of the industry. And I would think that we might have Gen 2 blades uh, by now if maybe there wasn't a chip shortage, at least in experimental for, for developers to check out. Um, we know that they've already had access in the past for a, a series of, of months and and been able to play around with newer tech maybe that stuff would have been happening at a, at a higher frequency if we didn't run into this issue so yeah hopefully google can get this expansion rolling out because google expanding to other countries is good for stadia as a service but also the google white label service that they want to run mm-hmm. they want to be able to have games playable um, worldwide not just in stadia supported countries so uh, hopefully this will all sort out over the next uh the next six to 12 months because uh it's getting tough to buy anything these days that has any sort of computer inside of it yeah uh, all right let's move on um dirt 5 got cross play which i don't play dirt like I, I loaded it up and i played it a little bit and it's a decent game um but it's not for me but people who love dirt 5 they should be really really happy about this because yeah. that means that if you're playing on stadia now you have a whole bunch of people to play with. Now I did load it up afterwards, uh, like after the crossplay was well. Actually, um, like this tweet came out before it was announced anywhere, and so then when I loaded it up, sure enough, it showed crossplay, and uh, I turned on crossplay. I hit search for a match. I Im- immediately found a match. I started playing. Um, I have a question for people who like Dirt 5, and hopefully people in chat or they'll leave a comment down below. Uh, Two things. Number one, um, everybody was just called... I I wasn't sure if I was racing against bots or not because everybody's name was just like Dirt Racer or something. I can't remember what it was, but it was (laughs) generic name, right? But, man, I don't know what this was. Uh, When I play Dirt, everybody's name is blurry. Like... When you're racing, the names that are above the cars are all really, really blurry. Almost like it was a design decision 
and I don't understand the design decision. So I'm just asking. So maybe somebody in chat can say, oh, it's it's not you, Bill. It's me. It's everybody. Um, or maybe they're like, uh, you need to get your eyes checked. I don't know. It was weird. So have you played Dirt 5? Uh, a little bit, a little bit. Um, I, I, I'm not a huge fan of those types of racing games. I love really, like, really arcadey games. Like Burnout, that's my jam. Um, Horizon, For, no, Forza Horizon, what's the new one that just came out? Six? Five. Whichever, five, the one that just came out. Love it. That is, that is as realistic uh, of a driver as I can um as, as i can deal with uh because it's 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 realistic if you want it to be but you can also just like hold down the accelerator and just drive and bounce off things if you want to mm -hmm. um but yeah dirt dirt's not my jam but it's really great to see a cross play uh that is huge every game on stadia needs cross play so to get these older games patched is just going to make everybody's life uh that much better if your main platform that you want to play on is stadia that who is this quote from Lloyd that you just typed in there? This dirt looks more like a sandbox. Uh, we're uh, um, who is it? Uh, someone in the chat was uh, yeah, Ninja Guy X. But Dirt Five's dirt is not looking as good as PlayStation Five. Oh, uh, yeah. I got gotcha. you. I will say that when you're driving, when you're coming up on like a mud puddle or whatever in Dirt Five, I think it looks really nice uh, on Stadia. I haven't played it on the other uh, platforms, but uh, it definitely looks nice uh, although i would say that the graphics are a little soft so it's definitely running at a lower resolution and then upscaling to uh 4k but that's not the end of the world it's you know the the, the world is going by fast enough that it shouldn't shouldn't really matter uh right. let's talk about a game that was supposed to come to stadia i'd never heard of it and now mm -hmm. it's not coming to stadia had you heard anything about this game called Smashball? Um, other than just like the like kind of the original post um, about it, that Smash Ball was coming, people got really excited for it. Um, but then we found out that it's not coming for whatever reason. So that that happens. Although if you go to their website, Smash Ball game, uh, it still has the Stadia logo right on it. Um, so I don't know what that's all about, but <laughs> apparently it is not coming to Stadia right now. Oh, OK. Uh, I, oh, yeah. The, yep. The Stadia logo is still down there. Oh, it's also coming to this, the App Store and Google Play. I don't know anything about this game. I just saw that it was no longer coming to Stadia. And of course, people are worried about that. But guess what? No need to worry because there's other games that are coming to Stadia still. Games like Sky Climbers. They posted this tweet. They said, it's Stadia Sunday. And we want to reassure our community that our release plans haven't changed. We will be announcing our official alpha release date in the coming weeks. Now, I'm super skeptical when it comes to to sky climbers i've never been somebody who trusts in uh what's it called um crowd, crowdfunding stuff like i just don't trust that that's gonna ever work out the right way and i know that it has like my buddy got the the trogdor the burninator the board game and it's awesome <laughs> yep. and fantastic and super high quality and it never would have happened without um without kickstarter whatever crowdfunding campaign it was but i know that you're a little more sweet on sky climbers than i am lloyd so are are you still looking forward to this one i, I like the idea it's like um pokemon cross with fortnite um i i kind of love the idea for the game um more so this tweet that they came out with 
this this came out um february 6th so this was around the time when that business insider article came out so a lot of a lot of stadia devs came out and actually posted pro stadia tweets which was really nice to see uh, because you hear the horror stories that oh every dev that's worked on stadia hates it um which i don't think is anywhere near accurate maybe maybe a few didn't like the platform um but to have the um a game like Sky Climbers that only exists mainly because of Stadia. It was the Stadia users that came and flooded their Kickstarter and got them to the level that they really wanted. They might have had a fine Kickstarter without Stadia, but it was that hype from the Stadia community that really, uh, I, I don't know, accelerated um, how successful their Kickstarter was. For them to come out and reassure people is is a good thing in my book because there's a lot of Stadia people that bought in um, that really wanted to... Uh, wanted to play this game so the fact that it will be coming at some point for their alpha release and then the beta release and then of the full release uh that is a really good thing as a stadia gamer yeah and you know you said that 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 you you said some quote about you know uh devs were unhappy with stadia i don't think i've ever seen a dev i mean maybe yeah. i just don't remember i don't think i've ever seen a dev say anything bad about stadia in fact i've only seen good things in fact over at Stadia's uh, Stadia.dev website, they have some quotes from uh, from devs uh, like this one we had we had already seen before. Akapura Games, uh, Akupara Games, uh, they made Grime and Darkside Detective, and they said these games are polar opposites. And Stadia Pro uh, seems to be a benefit a wide variety of titles, regardless of style or pre- replayability. They also said Stadia Pro has consistently exceeded our expectations on both the payout and player engagement. We have an active, passionate community of players for our titles. And those are not games that are exclusively on Stadia. Those are games you can play in other places as well. And Akapura Games is saying, we're getting our money's worth for making our games and putting them on Stadia. We're getting our money's worth. And then Outright Games... This is a that's an older quote before the the outright games is a newer quote. They said from the outset, Stadia Pro felt like a natural fit for outright games and kids video games in general. The accessibility of the platform, coupled with Stadia's increased commitment to distributing quality, age appropriate video games to families, has allowed our titles to thrive in their ecosystem. We've seen fantastic amount of engagement with our games on Stadia already, with revenue that went above our expectations. As we expand our portfolio, we will continue to bring more opportunities to play great kid games in the cloud. Now, I don't care about any games from Outright Games. They are not games that are for Bill, and that does not bother me. I'm fine with them making their games, but why am I talking about this? Because I know that a lot of people are going to say, I don't care about that either. But this is two developers, two very different developers, by the way, that are saying, we're getting more than we expected out of bringing our games to Stadia. And I think that that's an important thing. It, it's 100%. Um, I, I 100% agree with you. Um, every developer that we've talked to directly uh, that is still making Stadia games has had nothing but good things to say about the platform. Um, we've seen um, former de- former developers that have left the company that had worked on a Stadia game. And, and there's been some not so nice quotes from people, but you got to chalk up ex-employees a lot of those comments could be sour grapes so you never know kind of what happened uh, with the employment of that we also saw some negative um some negative comments when sg e shut down from the people that were unfortunately caught in the crossfire again 
um, lost their job, probably not happy with the company. They're going to say bad things about uh, Stadia. But all the developers that seem to be currently uh, releasing stuff on the platform, it, it's it's all rosy. I, I don't see a lot of hate from either the development tools, the tool chain, the SDK, the platform. Uh, now that um, the we talked about the early uh, at the start of the show with the certifications uh, being a lot quicker as well. Um, all the complaints that we've ever heard from developers that are actual developers still um, all seem to have gone away, which is a really good thing for a platform. Absolutely. And I think that we will continue to see things improve over time. Uh, and it seems like the way that Google wants to handle it is to just keep improving things for devs and not not talk to us all that much, which I still think is a problem. And uh, oh, yeah. you're frozen. Am I? Oh, I am. Weird. Let me. I don't know uh, how let me long re- he's been like that, people. I fixed him. There he is. Oh, you fixed me. Oh, it was a you side. I was going to turn my camera on and off, so I'm glad I didn't do that. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that does it for today's episode of uh, Stadia Cast. Thanks for hanging out with us, everybody. Lloyd, you wanna you wanna tell everybody goodbye? All right, everybody. Thanks for joining us for another Stadia Cast. We'll see you here next week on Stadia Cast. Have a good week, everybody. <laughs>